What is possible when we commit to practicing? How can we use the power of practice to improve every area of our lives? And what is holding us back from practice? So in today's episode, we're exploring this theme of practice makes perfect. And how can we stay with it? Whatever it is we're wishing to improve in our lives long enough with patience, with perseverance, so that gradually, gradually we attain those higher and higher levels of success and mastery in anything we're doing. So congratulations for being here. Congratulations for listening. It means you are a very high-level soul who's dedicated to putting in the work, putting in the effort to become great at something. Oceans of love and welcome. Congratulations. You are very high-level soul. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. How many people these days in our modern society actually want to do any work it's a it's an interesting situation we have we have a instant gratification culture but why do we need to practice why do we need to practice at all why not just not bother doing any practices the reality is that we only get better at things through practice even things like brushing our teeth or washing dishes or going for some sort of exercise program right first time we do it we're not very good and gradually we can improve but what happens to most of us is that we go into automatic pilot and we don't actually improve beyond where we're at because we're stop practicing as i was just sharing this talking about brushing our teeth i went to the dentist recently and they keep bringing out all these new toothbrushes these special electric toothbrushes and the dentist the uh, the hygienist she said to me "Uh, you've got one of these toothbrushes and i said yeah and she and she goes do you know how to use it and i was like yeah well i was told you're just supposed to use it like a regular toothbrush and she said no 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 always at a 45 degree angle always at a 45 so like i wasn't brushing my teeth correctly according to her according to the man because no one told me so i've had to start practicing brushing my teeth properly right and i'm going to see next time i go for a cleaning if i'm doing it properly or not right because even something as basic as brushing our teeth can be improved and as a result of that we have less cavities and we're less likely to need to have all this dental stuff. You know, I'm sure most of you probably don't like going to the dentist and getting work done. So even something as simple as brushing our teeth, if we practice it, we can avoid all sorts of problems down the road. And anything in life, whether we want to have more happiness, so we want to have better relationships, we want to have more money, we want to have more fun and games, or we want to travel... Even traveling requires practice. If, if anyone has done much traveling, you've probably realized that putting stuff in a suitcase is actually a bit of an art, right? Getting the right things in there, not bringing stuff you don't use, making it easy, 
So making food, traveling, dealing with our mind, dealing with our feelings, everything in life ultimately comes down to practice. So as we go into this session today, I'd like to ask you a question. What would you love to improve in your life? Is there an area of life? It could be your health, wealth, happiness, relationships, your career. Just take one, one thing for now and you can use this for anything else later on. And you can type it in the chat if you want. What is one thing you'd like to improve in your life? So just take a moment to really tune in with your heart, with your being. And what comes initially to mind? It could even be something you're already practicing, but you'd like to bring a fresh perspective, new attitude, new enthusiasm, you know, more clarity to what you're doing. Or it could be something completely new. Everything gets better with practice. Even this podcast, this has taken a lot of practice and we continue to improve, hopefully, <laughs> with each with each episode. Even in the beginning, we had so many technical challenges, yet we just kept doing it. You know, we just kept practicing. So it's like that really with any area of our lives. I know Michael's done some reading on this and I was reading an article from a local artist in Sedona. And he is a very famous sculptor. Incredible pieces of, of work, of art, just astonishingly beautiful. And he was saying that he really doesn't like the word talent because it's just not true. He put in so many hours of practice. In his case, he made so many sacrifices. He had so much persistence, dedication, faith for so many years till he got to that place of excellence and continued to expand in that area. So it's practice not talent that makes perfect people actually who are really good at something find it an insult when they're called talented because it's not talent it's putting in the work if you can apply this to anyone in any area whether it's spiritual practice spiritual transformation whether it's you know sports or health or anyone anyone you anyone who's good at anything if you talk to them about it and you say how are you so good at this you must be talented they won't say yeah it's talent that's why they'll say no 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 you have no idea how many hours i put into this that's what they'll tell you so tune into what is one thing you'd like to improve in your life and also think about how would that make your life better? How would you feel about that? Because when we have a clear aim, something that's important to us in our heart and soul, then we have the inspiration, the motivation to do something about it. And I just want to share a, a story about this, about the power of practice. When I was 18, 
I had an unexpected spiritual awakening, which I've probably mentioned before, which started my whole journey. And I was shown a vision of my future. And I was given divine power from divine, from a divine source. And when I came back in my body, I felt like I'd been transformed without actually doing anything. It was it was miraculous. It was a miraculous. It was a grace. It was a grace. So I went from being depressed and addicted to drugs and caught up in parties and nonsense to getting up early in the morning and doing meditation and feeling really good. And I didn't feel like I really made much effort. It just was very easy. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, look at all this wonderful transformation. But then <laughs> the grace wore off. The grace wore off, grace period, the, the honeymoon period, like the ease and grace. And then my bad habits started coming back and I started having weird thoughts about things. And it really freaked me out because I thought I'd made all this progress, but I hadn't really made any progress. I was just in a blessed situation. And what I realized is that I can't rely on these grace periods. I need to figure out what practical things I can do to really move forward. So I talked to lots of these extremely high level meditation teachers. And what I discovered is that they put in literally millions of powerful thoughts into their mind millions and not thousands millions they were thinking things like i'm an embodiment of peace i'm a powerful soul i am a spiritual being and i'm radiating light they they practiced this shift in thinking hunt starting off with once then twice then 10 then 100 then a thousand then hundreds of thousands and over time they ended up having a state of unshakable peace where whatever happened it doesn't bother them at all but that wasn't because of talent that wasn't because of some special some special thing happening to them it's because they did something and it reminds me of the quote that god helps those who help themselves it's such a great quote God helps those who help themselves. So we have to do something first. We have to say, I'm willing to show up and do something. Then we get all this special blessings coming back to us. When we take one step of courage and faith in that direction of practice, of, of making effort, the divine does take thousands of steps with us. So I think this relationship of practice and grace is eternal, is beautiful. When, we're, when there's that sincere practice and effort and persistence and patience from the heart with an elevated task, an elevated uh, beneficial 
change in ourselves and our lives we really do receive the support as well so there there's definite a, definitely a profound reality to divine support and that support comes thousands 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 times greater as we take these steps and and practice 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 took me years to be quite honest to notice the word practice <laughs> you know it, it was there all along it's always it's always there it's like it's hidden in plain sight would you like to share your piano story your transformation from your earlier years and now how good you're getting with practice that's right i used to when i was younger i used to make music and I, you know, did learn, obviously, a little bit. I remember actually my guitar teacher fired me because I didn't practice. He, you know, he was like, look, I'm only going <laughs> to... What, what we used to do is we used to... We used to... Because we were teenagers, like 13, 14. So we would just spend most of our time smoking marijuana. And uh, we were often high on drugs when we went to the lessons, actually. And so I wasn't in the right headspace and I wasn't practicing. And he just said, look, you're not doing any practice. So I didn't actually get really any better in my instruments. I played the piano a little bit, but it didn't improve. So this year I decided to buy a piano. It's a, it's a lovely kind of, um, it's a keyboard. That's like a grand piano keyboard. And I've started practicing you know, learning songs, practicing, putting in the time. I really like doing it. And I don't feel like I'm like that good at it, but RL seems to think that I'm making progress. So that's a, that's a nice sign. Thank you, RL. Really, really well, beautiful. So it's like a little bit of, little bit of effort. Sometimes like if you're learning a new instrument, it actually physically hurts your hands a little bit. You know, your brain gets kind of messed around with as you start doing things that are not normal and not easy but it gradually improves. So let's just talk about why practice is difficult because I'm sure everyone listening to this already agrees. Let's just see if, if you want to mention, do you ag agree that practice is a good thing? Yeah, I imagine everyone here is like, oh, well, of course it's good. We all agree on it. We need to practice. It's all good. But why don't we do it? as much as perhaps we'd like to. If you've ever had an inspiration to do something new, have you ever thought, I want to do this thing, I'm New Year's resolution, I'm going to start doing this every day, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to meditate more, and then a few days go by and it's all good, and then after that everything falls apart. Apparently something like 80% of people's New Year's resolutions fall to pieces within the first two weeks. Why, why does this happen? Why, why is it hard? We live in an instant gratification society. And there are lots of things we can get immediately. So if you're feeling a little bit stressed out and you pick up the phone, you can you scroll on social media or you can send someone a message. There's so many things that we can get straight away. We can get any food we want. So everything's very, very quick nowadays. And the world we live in 
is ruled by computers nowadays. Computers run all of the different, the banking and the processing and the shopping and pretty much everything is run by computers. And computers are not the same as people. They're, they're very, very, very fast. They're extremely powerful, the computers nowadays. So they can do all these calculations instantly. They're programmed to do everything. So we're using these machines, these really powerful machines that do amazing things. And we can sometimes feel, just because everything's so fast, that we ourselves as human beings should also be able to just come up with an idea and just just as quickly as sending a text message, it should just be taken care of. But we are not computers. We're, we're spiritual beings in this biology of the body, of this brain. And we're much, much, much slower than all this technology. We're very slow, relatively speaking. And there's, this is basically the issue we're dealing with, is that we use these machines that are fast, but we ourselves are much, much, much slower, and we have a completely different process. If you look out into nature, you see a plant, you see a little tree. It grows at its own pace, and that might we might call that slow. Uh, I was reading something yesterday. You can't force a tree to grow. It grows at its own time and its own pace and in its own way, gradually, gradually, gradually. And we are in these bodies made of those elements of nature. And, and the speed of the soul is very fast, it has to be said. Spiritually, and, and the mind, the vehicle of the mind can be fast. However, we are here in this world of form, grounded in nature, in this beautiful eternal relationship with matter, and to have the recognition and respect for the timing of life, the timing of nature, the timing of, of this unfolding, not the unfolding on the screen right? That there's a difference. It's completely different. Our, our chemistry in our brain and in our body has a certain speed and a certain pace. And there's nothing we can do about that. It is what it is. So once we recognize that and we start to understand what is this machine we have here, it's not really a machine, it's a biological, it's more like a tree, the body, you know, when we understand what we're dealing with, then we can have more compassion and more patience for ourselves. It literally, it's like growing a plant. We have a wonderful garden outside and in the winter, there's not much going on. And then gradually as spring comes, it starts getting more and more beautiful. And now there are all these roses blooming because the conditions were right and it's had enough time. You can't force the rose to bloom, that's for sure. Yeah, I could stand next to the rose bushes and say, grow, grow, grow. Why aren't you blooming yet? It's not going to help And becoming very frustrated. Frustrated, <laughs> and it's not right. Why isn't it happening? Why aren't there any roses? It's not going to help, you know. Better off to give blessings to the rose bush. So 
We live in a society that's instant gratification. Computers allow us to have things extremely quickly and practice doing something new is hard. I think it's okay to just humbly and acknowledge and admit that doing new things and pushing ourselves beyond where we're at is difficult, right? It's better to admit it than to pretend that it isn't. It is hard because when we try and do something new, our physical brain, so the soul is in the brain, we are spiritual beings using a brain, and our physical brain has certain chemistry and certain wires, it's called neuroplasticity, how things get rewired, the, the connections in the brain, they're wired a certain way. When you try and do something new, your actual physical brain has a hard time with it initially because you're having to create all these new circuits. There's loads of research done about this and you can read books about it. But all we really need to know is that anything new is going to feel awkward in the first few times we do it and possibly for a little while. So if you try and do exercise every day and you're not used to, your brain is literally going to have a little mini meltdown. If you try and learn a new instrument and push yourself, your brain is going to go, ooh, what's going on here? If you try and do meditation and start having your own thoughts, your brain that's used to doing other things is going to have a hard time getting on the program. And what normally happens is when we come across that resistance, we say, oh, I don't feel good about this. This is hard. It doesn't feel good. And it doesn't normally feel good because it's awkward. So we say, I don't feel good. And then it's much easier just to pick up the phone or do something else or go for a walk or eat some food and just abandon it. It's way easier because we don't like feeling weird. And we live in a weird world, so feeling weird is getting weirder and weirder all the time anyway. So this is this is the reality of what we're dealing with. We want to manifest things. Practice is the means to get that. But as we practice, we we are guaranteed to feel slightly strange and awkward and uncomfortable in the meantime. So part of us doesn't want to go there and says, well, wouldn't it be easier if I just didn't bother with this and did something that was really easy? So that's, that's the main reason why very few people become masters at anything because of that process of feeling slightly awkward and being willing to stay with it long enough for you to have that breakthrough. Mm, so it's using those higher parts of the brain. I believe it's the prefrontal cortex and kind of the more executive aspects of the brain to override that, that I could say the word lower, but it's, it's, it's part of the whole beautiful brain. So it's the, you know, animal part of the brain, the, that you know all of the little creatures have the lizard outside and everyone 
And that part of the brain really loves the repetition and the safety and the security and, and relies on that. And there's a, you know, profound and blessed functioning that 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 offers. Uh, so it's it's also recognizing with compassion that aspect of the human brain, the animal brain, and using those higher that higher awareness, that higher consciousness, that that to practice and to override, so to speak. There's a beautiful bunny in this house, and he. He's a beautiful example. He goes through periods of time when he gets very afraid of the tile floors. Like they seem very too hard and slippery and scary. And when he gets into that brain functioning where he's afraid, even though he would love, he's, he's not caged or anything. He's totally free, even though he would love to run into the rest of the house and run into the garden. He would love that. At the moment and at times he can allow himself to hold himself back and not leave his safe little cozy place because of getting stuck in that part of the brain that is is that animal part of the brain. I think it's called the rep, reptilian part of mm -hmm. the brain. Limbic system, yeah. This, you know, we don't need to be uh, scientists to to really use this, but it's just good to know that we are basically creating a path through the jungle in our head when we do something new. And we are we're up against our desire for pleasure on one side. With and a, comfort. And comfort. So we love I mean there's nothing wrong with comfort and pleasure, by all means. Have lots of comfort and pleasure. And if we're gonna bring transformation in our lives we are going to need to beat a new path through the jungle i mean that's just what it comes down we have to pioneer a new way for ourselves and embrace that discomfort really you know a lot of this practice is learning to love with so much compassion the discomfort that may come as you're progressing and you know one of the key things that I think spiritual people like us can, can trip us up is that there's been this message out there by a lot of various teachers who say if it feels bad then it must be bad I'm sure you've heard this before there are a lot of teachings that say anytime something feels bad that means it's a bad sign right and of course in some cases it's true like if you tuning into something and your intuition says, oh, I don't know about this. We need to be able to recognize that. But when it comes to changing our lives and changing ourselves, whenever you do something new and difficult, by definition, by definition, it will feel bad. It doesn't mean it is bad. It doesn't mean it feels awful, it just means it feels strange. It feels strange. And if we take that as a bad sign, we say, oh, you know, I tried this thing and it felt weird, and then we give up, we won't actually be able to move forward in our lives. And so just keep that in mind. Next time you try something out and you have a little bit of resistance, don't immediately think to yourself, well, it must be a bad sign, I'm giving up. 
because that's what most people do and that's why most people are stuck mm, right and and really gentle gentle easy does it we don't have to expect of ourselves these massive strides and set these unrealistic expectations but rather to really just give ourselves these stepping stones and a lot of grace with our with our progress little little improvements at a time and Japan it's called Kaizen little incremental improvements uh, an awareness that came recently as stepping stones and I tried that with Mr. Rabbit with Sunny the bunny and I gave him stepping stones to get where he wanted to go little you know safe feeling materials on the tile to with tile in between to get to his destination and, and he, he did it because there were stepping stones it didn't feel like this I have to get from right here all the way over here and if I can't, that's it. But rather, okay, let me put this stone down, all right, and then I can make it to this next one, okay. And then I can cross and make it to that, that next milestone. Yeah, so gentle, gentle. So we don't want to try and do something. This is another issue that comes up is someone might say, all right, that's it, I'm doing exercise every day and I'm going to do a 90-minute <laughs> yoga class twice a day. Right? I've seen from, you do that. From nothing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. From nothing. And it's like, hang on a minute. Can you really go from no exercise to three hours of yoga in one... I mean, you could do it for a day or two days, but it's not going to last because that shift is too big. It's much better to say, I'm just going to get on the mat, do a little practice for five minutes. You know, I might do a little bit more and just gently build it up. So there's two things to keep in mind here. One is there's habit gravity and escape velocity. This is terms we learned from, from someone years ago. And habit gravity means that it's like you're trying to go up into the stars, up into the sky in your rocket. And if you're trying to go up, the gravity of those habits pulls us back because of the wiring in the brain and what we're used to and what we're comfortable with. So that's why we go up a little bit and then we normally come down again. Escape velocity means that there has to be a certain amount of momentum. We have to do it long enough and with enough energy for it to actually get out of the, the orbit of the Earth, you know, the gravity, the gravitational field of our life, of our current practices. It takes a certain amount of momentum until you're free and you can fly. And that normally takes around 21 days. It can take longer, but there's there's a certain amount of time, depending on what you're doing or how long you do it for, where things will be a bit weird. So normally we can do three or four days of whatever a new practice, and then the gravity pulls us back and then we give up. That's normally what happens. So after day four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that these are particularly difficult. But if we keep doing it, then we start to make real progress and we start to genuinely get better. And then after a while, it becomes a habit and then it happens by itself because we've rewired ourselves. It's mm, such a profound analogy to realize, okay, there's some habit gravity and let me just keep going, keep moving forward a little bit, a little bit 
and eventually I'll I'll be lifted, you know, with that that escape velocity. So really what we're talking about is how to approach just about anything in life. <laughs> <laughs> and this applies to anything we do, you know, anything we do. Most people don't recognize this process, so it's unconscious, but when you are aware, then you can start to use this. And there are two mindsets that we've talked about in other sessions, and this this could easily be something we talk about for hours and hours, is the growth mindset. It's the growth mindset. There's two mindsets that affect whether or not we're willing to do the things we need to do to get what we want. One is the growth mindset where we believe, deep in our heart, we believe that if I practice something, I will be able to get better at it. So people with a growth mindset, they fundamentally believe that they can change and that anything, pretty much anything is possible with a little bit of effort, a little bit of practice. The fixed mindset basically says that there are some people who are naturally good at things and some people are not naturally good at things and we're fixed at a certain level and that's there's nothing we can do about it. A huge number of people have this fixed mindset. So if you say to someone with a fixed mindset, if you practice this thing, you'll get better. In their mind and in their heart, they'll say, I don't believe you because I'm fixed wherever I'm at now and I'm not naturally good at that and I'm not naturally good at this. A lot of people, for example, believe that they're not naturally good at art so they shouldn't bother doing any drawings or paintings or I'm not naturally good at music so I'm just not going to try or I'm not a kind of a sporty person so I'm not going to do any sports. And that's, they kind of have this like fixed, like living in a box, living in a box. Oh, I'm not naturally good at meditation so I'm not going to bother. This is going on behind the scenes and someone might have a growth mindset, for example, in their health. They might believe if I do more exercise, I'll get healthier, I'll get fitter, but they might not have a growth mindset with their mind or with their relationships. So this is something that is really worth looking in your heart and your mind and asking yourself, do you believe that you can become different? Because if you do, that's a very good thing. And if you don't, then it's worth tuning into this. Start to develop the awareness. If you basically, the easy way to do this you don't believe that fundamentally is talk to successful people who are good at something or read biographies and you will see that pretty much all of them started off really bad at what they were doing and it was only by doing things again and again and again that they got better the the culture we live in propagates this myth this false belief that there are talented people and you'll hear it again and again and again so-and-so is so talented, this musician's talented, this athlete is talented, this writer is talented. People talk about other people like this. 
you talk to those people directly, they will say, I put in so much work to achieve this. Any Anyone who's good at anything will tell you this, but the media and modern society talks about talent. So this is, this is one of these issues that goes on in the back of our head that's like a field of energy in our society that says some people are talented, some people are not talented. If you're not talented, there's no point really because you're not going to get good at it. And this is putting a block on our ability to move forward in our own lives. Such an encouraging, beautiful you know, topic that I think brings a lightness to the heart and enthusiasm to the mind that, okay, I can, you know, I can, I can keep taking little steps. I can, I can open myself to support. I can open myself to, to learning and, and gradually, gradually moving forward in whatever it is your aim is. You know, so it's really with so much love and gentleness and faith. I mean, what a what a beautiful practice in faith, in patience, in perseverance. And one of the amazing aspects of this is yes, there's the thing we're doing, but do you know what really what it's really about? It's really about those beautiful qualities and virtues we're developing in ourselves as spiritual beings, because it's those qualities of patience, of love, of compassion, of perseverance, of determination, all of these qualities, they stay with us as we groove them into the sanskaras of ourselves as souls, meaning these deep tendencies, they, they stay with us. It's something that's eternal. So even if we move on from this lifetime and okay, so maybe we're not still playing the piano, we might pick it up again in, in a, a new beginning, a new life. But where we've grooved in the qualities of being, of consciousness that are invaluable for anything, you know, we're going to set out to do. So beautiful. It's it's just gentle, gentle, gentle. It's just gentle, gentle, gentle. Little by little by little. So just tune into this. What would you like to change in your life? There's a step-by-step process we'll just go through to remind you. First thing is just to pick something. What would I like to change in my life? What would I like to create? How would I like to feel different or be different or have different things? So that's the vision. And it's really important to feel as if you've already attained it. Instead of thinking, I wish, I wish, I wish, because then we're always in lack. So imagine you go in a time machine <laughs> and you come out the other end and you are a genius, you're a master of whatever it is. Like that has actually already happened. So like with learning the piano, for example, I can imagine being good at it. Just having that 
feeling is really useful. So whatever it is, whether it's meditation or transformation in your relationships or wealth or your health. So you know what you want. Then next thing is to ask yourself, what is one practice, specific thing you can do that's in your control, that's in your capacity, that will gently and compassionately move you in that direction. So if you want to get healthier, it might be, I'm going to do exercise. Don't try and do hours and hours and hours of it. You just do a little bit of it. What's one thing you can do? If I say to myself, I'm going to practice piano for five hours a day, it's not going to happen realistically. If I say I'm going to sit there and enjoy playing it for 20 minutes, I'll probably play it longer, but at least there's a practice. So what is one thing you can do? And if you don't know, by the way, then ask somebody who is very good at that thing what they suggest, because they're guaranteed anything that we want to do, someone else has become really good at it. And if we don't know, they will tell us, or you can read about it, or you can probably Google it. (laughs) And there's going to be somebody who's come up with, here's what you need to do to get where you want to go. So what's one thing you can do? And keep it as simple as possible. Then it's worth asking yourself, okay, now that I know what I want to do, when can I do it in my real life? This is something that a lot of people don't think about. They think, wouldn't it be wonderful if I did exercise or meditation? But they haven't figured out where to put it in their life, so it never happens. So you ask yourself, when and where, practically, in a real way, can this new thing you're wanting to do nicely slip into your life. So could it be when you wake up in the morning? Could it be after you've had something to eat or before something else you're doing? So that's really important because it's grounding it in. It's worth writing these things down so you remember it. And then this this is a really important thing that I find extremely helpful is to keep some sort of scoreboard, you know, like they do in sports about whether or not you're doing it or how much you're doing something. Because otherwise what happens is we have all these great intentions (laughs) and then we can forget about it, right? So that doesn't really help us very much. So instead of that, ask yourself, you can just write it down. Let, let, let's take the example of meditation. Let's say you want to do more meditation and you, you figured out, okay, I could do meditation in the morning for 10 minutes or half an hour or whatever it is um, after I wake up, have some something to drink or whatever, you have, and you have a time for it. You could then get a piece of paper and this is like your celebrations and you can say, I did 20 minutes of meditation on Monday, I did 30 minutes on Tuesday, 10 minutes on Wednesday. Just by writing it down, you're acknowledging in your heart and soul and giving yourself that appreciation and you're reinforcing to yourself 
that things are moving along. This is extremely powerful. I've learned from all the highest level spiritual teachers, keep a chart, check and change. All the highest level people have some sort of scoreboard or some way of checking whether they're doing something and how much they're doing it. Because when you look at it and you make a note of it, something changes in your brain and in your mind and it reinforces that behavior and it starts to grow. So as soon as you write things down, the pen is a magic wand, as soon as you write it down, I did this on this day, I did this, I did this, I did this. As soon as you write it down, it will start getting better and better and better just by writing it down. Don't underestimate the power of literally just writing down what you're doing. And this all works together to reinforce itself so that you start to see things improving. And I guarantee if you talk to people who are good at anything, they do some version of this, whether they're sports people, meditators, you know, athletes, musicians, they have time where they practice, they're aware of it. I remember when I was in making music back in the day, we had band practice every Wednesday, right? And if we didn't have band practice on Wednesday, we wouldn't do band practice. I mean, it sounds really obvious, but there, there was a deadline and there was a date for it. We enjoyed it. It was fun, but we needed, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't have our Sunday, do you know what I mean? Scheduled. So, everything you do, when you have it written down and you have things and you say, okay, I did it, I did it, I did it. You'll be amazed, absolutely amazed what happens when you start writing things down. It's absolutely miraculous. Mm, it's like the pen of your fortune. You write, you're writing, you're writing it down. And what else is beautiful is this is really a great and profound way of being of service as we practice and just you being in this space of trust and practice, you're really offering that consciousness to others. If you're a parent, you're offering that perspective to your child, which is so exciting. I mean, what a what a beautiful gift to demonstrate that with practice, little by little, you know, we get better. I've noticed in this last year as I've had faith and practice with music that I've been working on. I've noticed just Michael's practice and and coming back to your own music has occurred. You know, it's like as we demonstrate something, as we practice and we we're showing to everyone around us that it is possible for them too. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, whatever you do, people copy you in some way. We're all affecting each other. So by you doing something, you help someone else by seeing others. So we inspire each other. We do. And it's good to look into any, look, think about anyone that you're inspired about, anyone at all on any level, past people, might they might not be alive anymore or present. Read about their life 
read the biographies or autobiographies in any area and I guarantee you you will see all of these things we've talked about today all of them and people who have inspired them who who came before them or did something before them and they and they thought wow okay I can do this too it's been done you know how we can be that for ourselves and for each other for our children for for future generations it's it's very inspiring we're taking something so simple today but the the benefits are so far far reaching so beautiful and just have the mantra this is a good mantra for your mind i can become good at anything with a bit of practice i can become better at anything with practice if you tell yourself this in your head so i can become really really good at meditation with practice i can feel joy in my heart and good feelings in my being with a little bit of practice i can get healthier with a little bit of practice i can get better at playing music with a bit of practice just brainwashing yourself programming yourself about this because we need to override the other thoughts that say people are talented i'm not good at it, it's too hard all this other stuff very gently compassionately compassionately gently i can get better with a little bit of practice right and i gave this example recently just as a little baby learning to walk okay so you stumble you fall it's okay you get back up you know so you have that loving forgiveness and, and compassion and encouragement with yourself and and enjoy the journey um you know i think smiling and laughter and finding it all slightly entertaining and amusing makes the whole journey just delightful as well ah yes it's all fun and games yeah and you'll notice see initially you might not notice anything's different but guaranteed over weeks and months you'll be wow i feel so much better i'm looking better i'm feeling better my life is better and having that tolerance to deal with the awkward feeling this is one of the most important skills in life that anytime you make progress and change things there will be some level of discomfort and once you accept that and you're okay with that then everything in life starts getting much easier i mean i've noticed this in myself in my own personal transformation and spiritual practices that when i go deeper into something there's an ego death on some level and i have some level of a mental emotional breakdown on some level i don't know if you've experienced this where you go through something that's going up but the old structures start to wobble as this new state of being is being established and there's a sense of of death and rebirth right and that that period of no man's land of not really knowing where you are is unpleasant to say the least and that normally people go oh, i can't handle this let me go back to my old ways because it's because it feels weird but if you stick with it long enough then there's this whole new birth it's like breaking through the clouds and coming out into the sun and coming into this whole new world the rainbow after the storm ah <laughs> so these things 
that period of time where there's this awkward feeling, once you can recognize that's all right, <laughs> it makes everything in life so much easier. Mm. And one more note too is as you're on the journey, avoid comparison, avoid jealousy. All of that can is so harmful. You know, like when the little baby's learning to walk, I really don't think the baby's comparing and jealous of of other children. There's that innocence, that purity, that inspiration, perhaps. Take inspiration from others. You know, allow, allow what they're doing to uplift you, to give you inspiration that it's possible. But avoid jealousy, avoid comparison, all of that. Each of us has our own journey in our own divine timing and it's absolute perfection, absolute perfection. And if we're feeling that way, if we're feeling jealous, if we're comparing, it's typically a sign that's something in our heart that we wish to experience, that we wish to practice and become better at. So flip it, transform any of those feelings into inspiration, appreciation, and and faith and joy for for your journey. Yeah. It's a sign. If you feel triggered about something, you probably want it on some level a lot of the time. And, you know, the other day, I don't particularly follow sports, but there was the NBA um, championship and I just saw it on Google. It showed up. So I Googled the what happened after the game. I'm always interested in what the top people in any area say about their success. So the team that won, I watched it, it was like 20 minutes long. I watched it. I was curious, what did they say? So they're asking these questions. How does it feel to win the championship? And a lot of these players they were in tears because they had had so many injuries. They'd had so many setbacks. People didn't believe them. And what they all said, all of them said again and again, is you have no idea how hard we work for this. That's why they were in tears because everyone else thinks they're just talented players, but they themselves know the work they put in to get there. And it's really interesting. If you're curious about this, just type in any any people who've won anything in sports or they've won an award or they've won some sort of, you know, Nobel Peace Prize or anything and hear what they say and you will come across the same thing again and again. Thank you so much for these other people for helping me. Um, this has been a lot of work. It's been 10 years in the making. <laughs> And that's, that's what we, when we take that to heart, we realize even if we're absolutely mediocre right now, which all of us start off mediocre at pretty much everything, slowly but surely, compassionately, gently, you can become extremely good at anything you want. Mm, it's such a profound point. We never know. We never know what anyone has gone through to get to where they are. And I can guarantee it It has been really, really hard at times. There's a, an analogy I love from dear spiritual teacher uh, from India. And 
just, oh my goodness, what a glorious, beautiful soul. And someone asked her what it's like to the journey to that stage of karmatit, liberated, free. And she said, well, it's kind of like making a chapati. So if you're from India, you know chapati's like, a, like a tortilla, kind of a little pan pancake sort of thing. Well, you get thrown on the pan and the fire and flipped around and <laughs> beaten and and rolled around and you know and it, and it's true and we go through so much and that's what that's what forms us and shapes us to do whatever work it is we're meant to do. So to recognize that we never know what someone's been through to be where they are to get where they're going. And to have appreciation and love for each other, compassion, and to focus little by little, practice, practice on our own sacred mm. journey. So take it to heart. Tune into these things. You're on the internet. I guarantee you, you're going to see all sorts of marketing saying there's this magic secret of these three special things. <laughs> And you don't have to do anything and there's this special hack and it's going to be really easy. And this is this is the sort of golden deer, the, the sparkling object syndrome, the, the uh, chasing after the magic bullet. This is going on constantly, but all the masters in life don't do that. And they realize gently, gently, a little bit of practice, dealing with a little bit of discomfort leads to absolutely remarkable and beautiful things that you can treasure and cherish and are worth the lifetimes of those little, little, little steps along the way. So thank you so much for your beautiful presence. Hopefully this has been helpful. And what can you do? What little things can you do nicely and compassionately just it can even be five minutes a day five minutes a day just little by little by little and just stay with it long enough for you to escape the habit gravity and fly up into the stars mm, and be a shining inspiration for for all other beings Thank you so much for your presence. Again, we know anyone listening is a very elevated soul with elevated work to do in this world. And we're sharing with you all of our love and encouragement and every blessing and good wish upon your path and upon your practice. So wishing you all success. Keep a scoreboard. See how it changes your life. Oceans and oceans of love will be with you next week and have a very, very, very blessed, 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 blessed rest of your day or evening. Namaste. Many blessings. Mm, it's very sweet. Very sweet. <laughs>